Hey, and welcome to Upstreamers Podcast, where we challenge moms to respond instead of react. We all need that, including me. I challenge myself regularly, and other people challenge me regularly. Welcome to family. Today on this podcast episode, I just wanted to share with you some devotional thoughts that I've had over the last few weeks on Genesis, but I have been completely blown away. Wilkins, and I'm author of Knee Jerk Mom. Go to kneejerkmom.com to learn more, buy my book, check out the blog that I've finally started redoing, and if you want to see me over on Facebook, you can just look me up um, by clicking on the link from my website, or look up Lana Lee Wilkins, but good luck because apparently there's a lot of Lana Wilkins in the world. I had no idea. Isn't it fun? Like you look up yourself and you're like, oh, there's a lot of me. Ooh, not that one. You can probably tell by how they're dressed, okay? So if you scroll through on Facebook and you're like, hmm, which one is she? It reminds me of that scene from Sleepless in Seattle where Meg Ryan is secretly, covertly looking up on her computer because she's trying not to spy on this guy she heard on the radio, but she's like really wants to find out who he is and if he's a safe person to, you know, show interest in. So she looks him up and um, finds out that it's either like some criminal or it could be an architect, or it was like um, some kind of Olympian. And she's like, um, architect, hopefully. <laughs> so, yes, you should be able to tell who I am by just looking at the photos. But if you're not sure, I'm wearing a blue long sleeve button-up shirt. I'm looking away from the camera. Oh, so artistically. Okay, I think it's like a three-quarter shot, like knees up or something like that. I forget, honestly. Go just look it up. You're probably way more tech savvy than me, so you can do this. So, today I want to talk about my reading of scripture lately. I started in Genesis, you know, where else should you start? And I just wanted to talk about how, number one, a lot of people get stuck on New Year's and like, oh, I'm going to start January 1st, Genesis chapter 1, and I'm going to read through the Bible And inevitably, it's like we already know, you're not going to get through every single day and do the Bible reading plan without missing one day. I mean, we all have lives that are interrupted by things, by people, by sickness, and we just can't do all the things that we say that we want to do and that we truly do want to do. Life just happens sometimes. Emergencies come up, and so we can have the best of intentions And we'll still fall off the horse, but you get back on, right? That's what you do. Isn't that, I think, a Zoolander quote? What happens when you fall off the horse? You get back on. Point being, we don't want to beat ourselves up if we make a plan and we don't do that plan and execute that plan perfectly. But don't let that keep you from starting. And also, why wait till January 1st to start your plan. I mean, start now. You want to read the Bible through in a year? We'll start tomorrow. You know, January 1st is just an arbitrary day. There's no reason to pin down and say, January 1st has to be the day I start. Now, if it gives you energy to like finish strong and well, it's usually just starting strong because isn't it statistically like two weeks in, you know, there's like a 60% decrease. I'm totally making that number up. Shame on me whatever percent decrease in gym membership attendance, you know, 
but we all know that it happens. So why not start earlier? Not because you want to get a head start, but because if it's something you want to do, you don't need any specific day or celebration to make it happen. You can choose to do it as soon as you decide to start. So I'd encourage you to start reading your Bible today if you don't already have some sort of regular plan. And don't beat yourself up whenever you have a hard time, you know. We all, um, we all flounder sometimes in our goals. And I think here's where a quote from my husband is appropriate, which he quoted, I think, from either Zig Ziglar or some sales meeting he was at where it says, we don't rise to the level of our goals, we fall to the level of our systems. I'm pretty sure I've shared that before. It's just such a powerful idea that we can have all kinds of goals, all kinds of aspirations. But what really, really, really will get us doing something and putting things on the schedule and following through is our systems, our routines, our habits. And how do you start a habit? you decide, I'm going to start this habit, as overly simplistic as that sounds. So with that said, you probably already have a wonderful way that you're reading scripture, but I just thought I'd throw out there, like, if you're one of those, I'm going to wait till New Year's and I'm going to do this thing, I just encourage you not to wait. Just go for it now. That being said, I've started reading Genesis in December, but with a plan in mind that I've never had before. John Mayen, a well-trusted friend, mentor, teacher, missionary, pastor, he married us. He taught us how to raise our children. He's like a second dad to me. He encouraged um, through one of his teachings to read the Bible through every year. And when you do so, to do it with a word in mind, something you want to learn about who God is or something you want to see him grow in your life. So I picked the word trust And I do want to give a little side note here. I did write a blog post about this. If you want to check that out, you can. But I just want to make sure that you understand this is not some magical experience. You don't just pick a word for the coming year. There's a big movement to do that. Like, I'm going to choose a word. I'm going to claim that word. That's going to be my word for the year. As if we know anything that's going to happen tomorrow. I mean, James is pretty specific Like, don't say I'm going to go and do this thing and next year I'm going to go and do this thing. No, it's as the Lord wills. Like, if the Lord wills, I'm going to do this and that. I can't claim any word over my life at all except for thy will be done. Those are a few words, but you know what I'm saying, right? So this is not a magical experience. I'm going to choose the word trust, not because I know 100% that over the next 365, well, no, I'm not starting in January, but you know what I'm saying, 365 plus days, I'm going to learn to trust just like I envision. No, but I am so curious about what does God say in his word about trust that I'm going to endeavor to look for it, to be on the watch for it, and to have it on my mind as I read scripture and see what God has to teach me. This practice, I have Uh, hardly any experience doing it so far. It's only been a month or so, but it has been so rewarding and I just love what God is showing me. So I do want to share that with you. Um, Real quick, I also want to, you know, I can't help myself, right? I have to say this has nothing to do with the law of attraction, that if I choose the right word, then I know for sure that that word will be my reality. 
nope, we're not wrapped up in the new age ideal on this podcast. There's no formulaic work that's going to draw out all these perfect circumstances in my life. That's just not how life works. That's not how God works. Okay, moving right along. Genesis 1. I'm thinking of the word trust, and as I'm reading Genesis 1, I'm thinking about how he made everything, food, air, plant life, animals of all different kinds, you know, and it's impossible to be on planet Earth alive without him. So I'm struck as I'm reading Genesis 1 about our dependence on him. It doesn't actually say, and God created the air, does it? But it does say, let there be light, then he called the the light day, and the darkness he called night. Let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters. Let it separate the waters from the waters. Okay, then you've got land and whatnot. Let the waters under the heavens be gathered into one place. Let the dry land appear, and it was so. Let the earth sprout vegetation. Okay, somewhere in there is our atmosphere. Somewhere in there, he created air. And we need him. We need him for every single breath. All the particles of the air are at his command. Light was created at his beck and call. All the things that he makes are good. There's no mess-ups, no redos, no accidents. These are just notes that I'm taking, okay? I'm just literally reading you my notes, so I'm sorry that it's disjointed and not in complete sentences. But that's how I take notes when I'm reading scripture. And language. Boom! There it is. He speaks. And there's language. You know, no explanation whatsoever. The face of the deep. You know, what is that? I wrote a little note that said that I want to know the direct translation for that. And then so many, let there be, let there be, let there be. Let this do this, let this do this, let us do this. He's commanding. His voice is commanding. And all the kinds are told to reproduce after their kind. Okay, so that's some of the huge summary of Genesis 1. And I was really struck by the fact that air was made and we are completely dependent upon the Lord for air. And all of a sudden, it hit me. I need Him for my next breath. I need Him every second of every day. I can't breathe without Him. Air exists. Oxygen exists because of God. Yeah, of course it does. And we know this, but all of a sudden it hit my heart in a new way. Like, like I have to trust him. So God is almighty. He created everything and I need him for my next breath. If he didn't create a perfect, you know, mix of air, you know, how much oxygen, how much nitrogen, all of the percentages, if it wasn't just right, we couldn't survive here. I mean, welcome to why we haven't gone and populated another planet. We can't breathe there. God created the air to be perfect on earth. So we're here and we need him for our very next breath. And then it hit me, oh my goodness, that's trust. Now the word trust is found nowhere in the first chapter. So, you know, if I was saying, hmm, I'm going to read the Bible and I'm going to look for trust. And I 
wonder where it is, you know, I'm going to just open my concordance and pull out the word, and this is totally a legit way to read the Bible, by the way. This is just not what I did. I didn't pull out my concordance and say, hmm, I'm going to look for trust, trusted, trusting, trusts with an S. Um, what other form of trust, you know? And so I could go through and just look up that word all through scripture. Would that be reading through the entire counsel of God? No, I'd miss lots of verses that God could speak to me about trust. So I love this idea of reading through all of scripture with this word on my mind. And I did not see it coming, but God can speak through his word to any topic he decides using verses and chapters that don't even mention the word. So Genesis 1 never mentioned the word trust or any variation of that word. Yet, I was drawn in to a moment with the living God thinking about how I can grow in my trust with Him. How I can really rest in the fact that He is taking care of me down to every breath that I breathe. He's amazing, right? And I would have completely missed that whole section in Genesis that I've been going through if I was only looking for that word trust. So I'm super glad and thankful for this idea of reading the Bible this way. And I would encourage you to try it. If you don't already have a fantastic plan, then you can start this plan and don't feel like you got to pick trust. You know, you could pick something else, you know, think of what you want to learn from God, the characteristic of God you're curious about. Maybe it's a weak spot of your own. Maybe it's something to do with your kids. Another thing that I realized is I was just doing one chapter a day because honestly, I found something in every chapter so far. I know that may not happen every time, but, and uh, so two things. I know that not every chapter will for sure yield this kind of wow moment for me when I'm studying the word trust. Okay. That might be so far. It hasn't happened so far. I've been wowed by every chapter, but um, I was reading a chapter a day and then I realized, you know, sometimes it's just a few verses that I need to meditate on that. Wow. God really hit me with the idea of trust in this shorter passage. And so a chapter had been broken up into many pieces um, and then it also occurred to me, secondly, that I even if I did a chapter every day, I'm definitely not going to finish the whole Bible in a year. So then I was reminded, what is the deal with a year? It's an arbitrary idea to say I have to read the whole Bible in a year. A fantastic goal. I actually think it's it's very doable. It's only like three chapters a day. And we've done that with our kids for many, many years. But there's also a lot of value in committing to read through all of his word deep diving into something in particular. And you can do that by reading a chapter a day. You can do that by reading three chapters a day. You can do that by reading part of a chapter in a sitting and it will yield different timelines. So all that to say, think about what you are willing to give time-wise, how much time you have decided to set aside for your Bible reading time. If that yields you half a chapter because you were drawn into prayer and thanksgiving because of what you read. Well, is that bad that you didn't read the other part of the chapter because you were too busy praying and praising the Lord for what you just read? No, you'll find a good rhythm. I encourage you to choose a word, not in a magical sense, but in a sense that uh, gives you something to focus on because God's word is living and active. 
sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces down to in between joints and marrow, and it judges our thoughts and our attitudes in our hearts at the heart level, like it's not just what we say out loud, but what we're thinking, what we're feeling inside. God's word judges all that stuff. So it's really powerful to say, okay, God, I'm submitting this time to you, and I'd love to learn this about you. I'd love to learn how to trust you. So I'm going to read your word with that in mind. Will you please show me more about what trust looks like through your word? And that's what I'm doing. I would love to know what you're doing. You can come visit me on my Facebook page. Come visit me over on Facebook and tell me what it is you're reading. What does your Bible reading time look like? Tell me what's encouraging you because I know that um, there's many, many methods to reading God's word. The whole point is let's read his word, not just, you know, read books about his word. Although those are beneficial, some of them, but more than getting that secondhand information, let's go to the source. You know, let's get it straight from God's mouth because he's the one who wrote it. So let's go talk to the author. Wouldn't you love to go like have a sit down like coffee or tea with your favorite author? Wouldn't you rather sit down with them or would you rather just say some random stranger that I never met, they wrote a book about the author and you could go talk to them? Well, which would you prefer? You know, you want to read that book in addition to talking to the author? Great. You know, there's all kinds of fantastic Christian books out there, books that help draw you into who God is. They inspire you to, to do all kinds of different things. You know, I mean, I wrote one, so yeah, go read my book, but don't read it instead of scripture. Always read scripture as your priority. And then we can read Christian books. We can read fiction books. I'm all for reading. Right now we are reading, or I'm reading, um, a book about Sir Isaac Newton. Actually, it's for my kids. It's a kid book biography that I'm going to read to them next term for homeschooling. And, you know, if you're curious what we do for homeschooling, let me know. I'm actually looking for, what would you guys like me to podcast about? I have certain things that I podcast about, but if there's something that is more specific, then come give me a message on Facebook and let me know. Okay. I hope you have a fantastic week and keep swimming upstream. Keep doing things differently than the culture tells you to because is the world excited about the Bible? No, the world is trying to squish what God's word says. The world is trying to keep it out of the classrooms. Well, they've successfully done that. They don't even read books like Uncle Tom's Cabin anymore, which like is so embedded with the gospel. They cut out books that really highlight the wonderful things about Christ, even in fiction form, because they're you know, they hate God. They're rebellious against God. So why wouldn't they? But you can still bring those things to your child. You can still bring those things to your home. You can ruminate on them, talk about them at dinner, engage with your kids on things that matter. Don't let the public schools have the authority. So you send your kid to public school, fine, but you are still responsible for their spiritual upbringing and for their discipleship. So I'm sure you have sweet times with them outside of school, outside of all the busy activities that we sign up for. We got to have that space where we're going against the culture because the culture does not celebrate Christ. Okay, stepping down from my soapbox. Have a wonderful week and keep swimming upstream. <laughs>